Cathedrals in a Nutshell by Jonathan Gregson Read by Roy McMillan Throughout Europe and in many cities around the world, the cathedral remains the tallest, the most imposing, and, even for those who are not practicing Christians, the most inspiring of edifices. To see Chartres Cathedral from afar, looking across the unbroken wheat fields of northern France, or to catch one's first glimpse from the surrounding hills of Salisbury, of the slender spired cathedral at its very heart, is for many a sublime experience. Such an effect was doubtless intended by the bishop patrons and architects who first conceived of these marvels, and even some of the countless craftsmen and labourers who actually built them, out of stone and timber, glass, iron, lead, and slate. For the Gothic cathedral, its spires, bell-towers, gables, and pinnacles all thrust heavenwards, its airy interior lit by multi-hued shafts of sunlight, and its recesses illumined by golden candlelight, was thought of as being an ideal city of God, set apart from this earthly world. Very often this impression was achieved by building the cathedral on a prominence, so that it overlooked the city spreading around it. But then again there was the sheer scale of these buildings. On its completion in 1311, Lincoln's spire rose 160 metres into the atmosphere. The roofline of the tallest choir, generally the eastern section of a church, ever built, was at Beauvais. It soared 68 metres above the ground, though here the builders' ambitions overreached their technical capacities, for the adjacent tower collapsed, and what would have been the loftiest of Gothic cathedrals remains to this day incomplete. Honours for being the largest and most harmonious cathedral in France, therefore, go to nearby Amiens, capital of Picardy. Yet larger cathedrals later arose in Seville, Milan, and Cologne, though these were the work of centuries, the German Emperor Wilhelm I and his son Wilhelm II pushing through the completion of Cologne as late as 1880. All of these surpassed in terms of their interior volume the great 4th century church of Hagia Sophia in Constantinople, now Istanbul. Indeed, before the arrival of skyscrapers and today's ubiquitous tower blocks, it was the cathedral that dominated the city around it. It was also the master of time before secular time existed. The ringing of a cathedral's great bells may have been intended to announce the timing of religious services and ceremonies, but they also ordered the temporal rhythm of the citizens, or anyone within earshot. Only with the arrival of the earliest municipal clocks in the 14th century and the development of mechanical timepieces and chimes was there a way of transmitting non-religious time to ordinary citizens. It is perhaps no coincidence that this first occurred in the manufacturing towns of Flanders and northern Italy, nor that it was resented by journeymen and labourers who now found their working hours controlled more precisely. The cathedral bells were better loved by ordinary citizens, for they also gave warning of the approach of hostile armies or brigands. They tolled dolorously on days of public mourning, while on occasions of rejoicing, such as military victory, the ending of a plague, or the accession of a new king, they pealed with joy. Every citizen could recognize the sound of these great bells, and knew what their ringing signified. 
The architectural daring and beauty of the great cathedrals still draw millions of admirers every year. But these days more of them are sightseers than worshippers, and for all their religious symbolism, many cathedrals nowadays feel more like museums than places of worship. Certainly, we regard them in a very different fashion to our distant ancestors, who saw them rise above their timber-framed and thatched houses. Many are the artists and writers who have, in the intervening centuries, sought to capture the cathedral's essence. The leading Impressionist painter Claude Monet returned repeatedly to the west front of Rouen Cathedral in order to capture its intricate carvings in different lights and weather, while the sculptor Auguste Rodin made sketches of many cathedrals which he included in his own exposition on the subject.